podcast with James and Jane. Hi, this is James. Just before we start, I wanted to remind you that you can read our articles, explore more podcasts, and learn about our online personal and management development programs and workshops by visiting our website, www.worldofwork.io. All right, on to the podcast. Hello, this is James. And this is Jane. And here we are again with another episode of the World of Work podcast. What are we speaking about today, Jane? Well, today we've got a guest in. Oh, yes. And we are talking to Leslie from the Scottish Government. Yeah all about the Scottish National Performance Framework, which is a really great example of something we've talked about earlier around uh, sustainable development goals. When we talked about responsible business and we've yep. talked about some of the things that societies are doing, we thought it'd be really good to speak to an actual person from an actual government that is trying to do some of this and move away from GDP as a single measure and look towards measures of well-being. Yeah. So we went to talk to Leslie. Uh, as Jane said, we wanted to explore what nations are doing in relation to changing the way that they focus on uh, outcomes. And um, so we're speaking to Leslie, and what we're speaking about is the National Performance Framework. Now, the National Performance Framework is a, uh, a set of outcomes, essentially, that Scotland is aiming towards. So Scotland, as a, as a nation, has gone through a sort of consultative process and has identified a series of 11 outcomes, but they think create a, a basket of uh, desirable outcomes that will help define what a successful nation is. So they have these 11 outcomes, and, and the feeling is that if Scotland achieves against these 11 uh, objectives, if you will, or, or directional objectives, then Scotland will be doing well. And this is really about broadening away from some of the more traditional uh, measures of success at a national level, as well as about moving away from targets towards actual outcomes. Um, so the NPF, as, as it's referred to, is a combination of these outcomes and also a purpose and a set of values as well. Um, so I guess if I just start off, I can share the purpose. And then Jen can take you through some of the outcomes, and then maybe I'll round up a few and we can close off with the values. So what's the purpose then when we think of the NPF? Well, the purpose is to focus on creating a more successful country with opportunities for all of Scotland to flourish through increased well-being and sustainable and inclusive economic growth. So that really broadens out some of those traditional definitions. Um, as I said, there are 11 outcomes. Jane, do you want to take us through some of these outcomes? Yeah, so... Um... I'm going to take you through the first few uh, outcomes and I'm going to just explain a little bit about what that might include and also uh, it's important I think to understand that what they've done is they've also tried to map these against the sustainable development goals that we've talked about in yeah. earlier episodes from the United Nations Yeah, and that's to try and get some sense of um, uh, consistency around what I guess the world thinks yeah. are important uh, measures of a country's nation's yeah, success. Yeah, societal success, I guess. Yeah. Okay, so in no particular order, I'm going to read these out. Uh, and the first is human rights, which covers things like uh, people being treated with dignity and respect from public services as an indicator. And it also covers things like uh, access to justice and public uh, quality of public services. Then we've got culture. And they're looking at things like how people are engaging in cultural events, or places of culture, and uh, also employment within that sector yeah. are, are the things they look at to identify if they are moving forward. The third is environment, and for this, at the moment, they are looking at indicators like uh, visits to the outdoors, hugely important in Scotland. It's a massive, massive part of their um, of their culture. Yeah, and it's a beautiful country, so come and see that environment. Yes, uh, in instantly, on a complete aside, did yeah. you know voted most, uh, most uh, best holiday destination of 2020 in the world? No, but I believe it. Yeah. Uh, and they're also, I think it's really important to understand that the, the environment, the way they look at that is not just things like visits to the outdoors and the connection with the communities, 
but also things like marine environment, biodiversity, and yeah. waste generation. Right. Uh, the fourth is health. Um, and here's the things that you probably would most likely expect around health. It's got a combination of things like work-related ill health, quality of experience of care, but also things like journeys by active travel. Great. So there's, it's really, I think it's a really good example just to pull on that one for a moment to explain that these things cover multiple areas. So journeys by active travel will also have an impact on the environment. Absolutely. But they're using these indicators because they think they are the primary indicator for that particular outcome. Yeah. Uh, and then fair work and business, which I love being yeah. in there. We didn't talk to her enough about that. No, I'd love no, to no, go no, back and talk to her about that. Um, and that's looking at things like pay gap. We've talked about that before. Contractually secure work, which yeah. are really big on in Scotland, which uh, we, we've also done an episode on the gig economy, which yeah. would be useful to understand around that. And then the last one I'm going to give you there is education. Um, and this, they're looking at things like education and attainment, uh, the confidence of children and young people, also the resilience of children and young people, and things like the skills process of the population and skills shortage vacancies as well. So really looking all the way through the um, life cycle uh, education, which is great. Do you want to take over from here and take us through the last few? Yeah, I'll, I'll run through the last one. So uh, up next, we've got a national outcome around children, which is great. And some of the indicators here are around a child well-being and happiness. You know, happiness is a powerful world, uh, a powerful word. Um, there are indicators around children's voices. Um, you know, children have positive relationships. Um, there's quality of children's services. That kind of stuff fits under children. Next up then, uh, as an outcome, we have communities. So here we've got things like loneliness, perceptions of local crime rates, community land ownership, um, things like social capital, having uh, access to green and blue spaces. So again, there's some of those uh, cross-outcome measurements in the indicators, um, and that's communities. Next up, we've got poverty. So some indicators here include things like wealth inequality, the cost of living, unmanageable debt, food insecurity. Uh, up next, then, international. So Scotland is very much an international uh, nation. So some of the things in here are Scotland's reputation, um, trust in public organisations, contribution of development support to other nations. So there's a bit about altruism and supporting there as well, um, as things like international networks. And then the last one is where a lot of these, uh, a lot of these types of uh, measures uh, often start, which is the economy, which is clearly important to all other things as well. And within the national outcome of economy, some of the indicators are productivity, which Scotland does have a bit of a challenge with. Scottish productivity is lower than the UK as a whole, which is in turn lower than, than several other countries or many other countries. Um, other measures are things like economic growth, natural capital, um, spend on research and development, and again, income inequality and things like that appears here. So those are the, the outcomes. I'll just run through them again really quickly. So we've got human rights, culture, environment, health, fair work and business, education, children, communities, poverty, international and economy. And the view is that if Scotland gets these things right, then it'll lead to a better uh, set of lived experiences and, and a better outcome for Scotland as a country and the people within Scotland. Um, but it's not just about these outcomes. There's also a view that Scotland wants to get there in the right way. So it's not just about getting there at all costs, but there's a piece around the values as well that Scotland wants to embody as it's trying to get there. Do you want to talk about those for a second, Jane? Yeah, so there's a state, they have a statement similar to their purpose that sits, and I think it's really interesting, there's a, there's a graphic we'll share online, and I think it's interesting that value sits 
equal in the centre yeah. of the plan to purpose. And I think, I don't know, I feel like that's quite important. Yeah, not um, just the what's, but the how's. Yeah, and it's like it underpins the purpose. And it's, we are a society which treats all our people with kindness, dignity and compassion, respects the rule of law and acts in an open and transparent way. Right. It is. And I don't, like, you know, I, it's really easy to be uncomfortable for me to be cynical about all this stuff. Yeah. But having, you know, awareness of countries that don't have things like this in place and aren't, you know, you have to start somewhere. You have to start And somewhere. maybe maybe they're not far down the path yet. And maybe they've still got a long way to figure out how to measure and decide how to underpin it with all their services and all of those things. But I think it's pretty impressive to just put it out there yeah. and say, hey, this is how we would like to do it and this is where we want to get to. And it is not, it is it completely refutes the concept that wealth and income are the things that provide a measure of success, right? Yeah. It is saying life is so much more pluralistic, so much more complicated. Systemic. And, and systemic and different things will be important for different people. And yeah. therefore, we can't have one measure. We have to look at lots of different things. Yeah. Because if you look at these, some of these affect some people far more than others. Yeah. But they all matter to everyone in some way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, why don't we speak to somebody who actually knows a bit more about this? Yes. Okay. So here we are in the main part of this podcast. And we're having a conversation today with Leslie, as we mentioned, from the Scottish Government. And we're going to be speaking about Scotland's national performance framework. Um, before we do that though, Leslie, would you be able to introduce yourself to the audience and say a bit about yourself and your background? I certainly can. So I'm Leslie Thompson. I've been doing this job, which is all about engaging people in the National Performance Framework for about 18 months now. But I've been in the civil service uh, for longer probably than I would want to care to admit. I don't regret a minute of it. And the job that I have at the moment is uh, is great. And I'm really enjoying it. That's excellent. And it, it seems like we've got exactly the right person to speak to about the National Performance Framework, given that that's your job. Well, indeed. <laughs> indeed, you'd hope so. Well, it looks like we got lucky. Um, <laughs> if, uh, if we maybe start at the beginning, would you be able to explain to the audience what the National Performance Framework is? The National Performance Framework is essentially Scotland's well-being framework. Mm -hmm. And probably as, as we go on in the conversation, we'll dig into that a little bit more. But mm -hmm. the whole idea of the National Performance Framework is that it's a vision for Scotland, mm -hmm. where Scotland wants to be, where Scotland wants to get to. Mm -hmm. And it's also a way for us to measure how well we're doing on that journey. And the types of things that are in there, I mean, loosely, what, what broad categories do you think are in there? Well, we'll look at it in more detail in a bit. But. So it's made up, National Performance Framework is kind of made up of essentially four main components. Mm -hmm. So we have the national outcomes, which are the specific areas that we want to work on. Mm -hmm. And they support the overall purpose of the National Performance Framework. Mm -hmm. And that talks about... Um, inclusive and sustainable economic growth and well-being and, and that's where we want to get to as a country yeah. and that purpose and those outcomes are supported by values right. which are a bit more about the how we get to to those national outcomes mm -hmm. and sitting underneath all of that we have uh, national indicators right. and they're the data the data points that give us uh, a kind of snapshot of how well we're doing mm -hmm. in reaching those national outcomes yeah okay so it, it, it feels like, sort of playing that back, that what you've got is a high-level set of ways you want Scotland to be uh, in the future that, that you've pulled together into a framework that's aspirational at the time 
and it just pulled together. Yeah, I mean, very, very aspirational and, and still is aspirational and it's yeah. probably going to be aspirational for, for some years to come. So the whole idea of the thing is that that we want to kind of pursue an all of what we talk about, an all of Scotland approach. Yeah. So we want everybody uh, in Scotland to be involved um, in us working towards those national outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's the it's the framework that defines what success for Scotland is, I guess. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, effectively. And it's a new I suppose it's a new definition of what is a, what a country's success looks like. Yeah. Because something we speak about sometimes um, in some of the things that, that we touch on is about um, GDP being an indicator that's um, maybe one-dimensional and, and not necessarily as helpful as having a, a basket of sure. measures. And I guess we'll come on to that. Um, you, you mentioned that this has been something that Scotland's been looking at for a while. Can you say a little bit about why, why you've ended up with having a national performance framework? What, what's the sort of motivation behind deciding to measure these things and define them? So our, our current permanent secretary, Leslie Evans, talks about um, the VUCA world that yes, we live in. Yeah, but mm-hmm. probably come yeah, across volatile, that. Volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. That's, yeah. that's the one. I always forget what the A stands for. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but that's obviously the context that we're in. And we, yeah. we'd started thinking quite a few years ago about how we can how we can basically do government in, in that space because it, it's, it's difficult. And... We published published the MPF first in 2007, mm-hmm. and it's changed quite a lot over the years. Yeah. And what we have now, we have something that we refreshed um, in June 2018 mm-hmm. that is actually quite different from what we started out with. Okay. But it has evolved to be more of that well-being framework. Yeah. So it was originally, it was very much just thinking... Um, about this, the working in an outcomes-focused way. Right. So trying to get all the parts of government in Scotland, all the parts of public services in Scotland, to think about the outcomes that we all want to be working towards and to try to get people moving away from thinking just about targets, inputs and outputs. So not concentrating so much on, well, you know, success is all about... um, the length of waiting lists for hospitals and the numbers sure. of bobbies on the beat, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So that was the kind of general aim. And this um, recent iteration of the National Performance Framework is kind of... It brought together a lot of kind of strands of other work that was going on as well. So I think, you know, with the sustainable development goals... Yeah. Um, Again, something that Scottish government was very, very clear that we were very much in favour of those. In fact, yeah. um, Scottish government was one of the first countries in the world to actually sign up to Fantastic. the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals in 2015. And something that we wanted to do with this new national performance framework was to make sure that the, the Sustainable Development Goals were integrated yeah. into the, the NPF so that we're all working towards the same goals. And we're still actually working out right now how the two things fit together. Sure. So um, that's that's been challenging. I think we originally thought that with this new refreshed NPF, we could basically just say to people, if you're working towards the national outcomes, you're kind of ticking your sustainable development yeah. goal boxes as well. Mm-hmm. But we've kind of since discovered that the alignment that we thought we'd done is, is maybe not as good as it could be. Right, okay. So we're still kind of asking people to think about both. Right, okay. So in, in Scotland, although the NPF is 
how we have localised our commitment to the sustainable development goals. Yeah. I think it's it's important to have both things yeah. in mind. And I was going to just ask, before we get into some of the detail, I'd mm. like to explore some of the, the detail in a minute, but before we do that, was it difficult, in your opinion, to get, I guess, uh, the national population or the government to a stage where they were in favour of this basket of diverse goals? Or, or was that, did it just seem like a natural thing to do? Um, I wasn't I wasn't personally involved in that part of the process, yeah. so I'm sure um, I'm sure there were difficulties, but it's one of these things where it's very difficult to argue against the, sure. the whole idea, I think, of outcomes focused working. Yeah. Um, and also obviously the stuff that we have in the national performance framework, um, people are not gonna argue that, you know, the fact that we have values in there is, is a bad thing. But it's it's had cross party support across right. the board in Parliament. Um Civil society, we've found, has been very kind of bought into mm -hmm. to how we we kind of put this thing together. When we refreshed the the NPF in in 2018, that involved quite an extensive consultation process, yeah. and that included uh, us talking to experts, talking to practitioners, talking to academics, talking to to real people. Yes, we do sometimes Dangerous. talk to to real people. I know. <laughs> Uh, you know, we were, we were out on the street. We had street stalls. Oh, wow. We were out actually talking to people about Good. what what they wanted Scotland right. to be. Yeah. Uh, so all of that kind of went into the mix, and we also had quite a lot of data from previous Scottish government consultations as well. And it was uh, the, the overall principle of the thing, and the the thing about the national outcomes, the national indicators, all of that stuff. I don't think anybody's ever really been against that. What has proved to be most difficult has been the detail. Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. Actually, uh, pre we previously had sixteen outcomes. Mm -hmm. We now have eleven outcomes. Mm -hmm. There are people who are still a little bit upset that their outcome was dropped. Yeah, of course. Uh, mm. So still, still, yes. you know, people still will not look me in the eye in the corridor. <laughs> Because, you know, I said, you dropped my outcome. Yeah. Uh, and things like, uh, I'm not I'm not actually supposed to have a favourite outcome, so I'll get in trouble for yeah. saying this. But <laughs> You love um, them all equally. I do. Sure. I do. Well, it's funny you should say that, because I was going to point out that my favourite one, don't tell anybody, yep. is the children and young people's outcome. Uh, yeah, okay. Because we have, we have the L word in there. Um, so... That was really, really controversial. Yeah. Okay. And that came down to the last minute before publication. Wow. Um, we didn't think for a while it was gonna that the L word was actually gonna appear in there because I think it was the, the civil service view of well, what's the civil service got to do with ensuring that children grow up loved? Yeah. But that's that, a big statement. It is. It is. I mean, the, the reason that it's in there is because some of the work that we did during the consultation was actually with the children's parliament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we had children involved at that stage as well, and they were very clear yeah. that they wanted it in there. Well, that's great. So at the end of the day, loved is in there. And the joy of having things like Children's Parliament, right? Yeah. Because you can't argue with the, the kids the themselves. Voice. No. Yeah. It's interesting you, you talk about things like the L word and the use of that, because it strikes me that this feels quite trailblazing. And one of the things we quite often talk about with our listeners is around like the challenges of creating something new and, yeah. and how hard it is to be that person. Um, or be that group of people. Do you do you find it quite challenging being on something that's quite different from the rest of your colleagues and stuff? Or actually, is it quite is it quite exciting to go in and go? This is a bigger vision. Uh, I personally find it quite exciting. 
And I think I'm sure there is. We're quite a small team, but I think the rest of the team would probably agree with mm -hmm. that. Um, it is challenging uh, because if we're going to make it work, it means a big shift in the way that we do things yeah. in government. Um, we work within a very complex system and there are lots of bits of the system that need to change in order for this outcomes-focused working to, to be a reality. And there are vested interests at play. There yeah. are people's fiefdoms at play yeah, you know there's, there's all of this yeah. i know it's 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 not supposed to be but it it's, mm. it's it certainly is and with a big p and a little yeah, p yeah, yeah, for course, sure yeah. uh but it's for me it's the right kind of challenge i yeah. think and as i say i don't i don't think anybody's against it in principle yeah it's just um i, think a, I read a comment recently about people it's not it's not change that people are scared of it's change being done to them yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. so our challenge at the moment i think is to try and ensure that we bring about that change but bring people with us yeah and for certainly for the civil service who as a collective has been used to, to doing things the same way for a long time yeah it's quite hard but people are people are really want to do it it's yeah. just you know making it a reality with all the the big stuff that we've got going on yeah, at the yeah. moment as well. It's one of these things people, oh, you don't want to be bothering me with the national performance framework. I've got this big Brexit yeah. thing to yeah, sort yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Whereas obviously our view is that, well, if, we were, if we're all working in the way that we should be, then Brexit should just be part of that mix. Yeah. But, you know. Easy said than done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Should, we, um, should we jump on and speak about the performance framework in a little bit uh, more detail? Sure. So in terms of, in terms of what's in there, um, if we run through... Uh, or wh why don't you talk us through it in, in more detail? So we've talked about children and young people being one of adults. Okay. Uh, we have the economy in there. Yeah. We have communities in there. We have human rights yeah. in there. We have children and young people. We have health. Mm -hmm. um, we have the environment. Yeah. There's an education one. Yeah. Culture is in there. International. Poverty. Um, poverty outcome, you're quite right. So it's all, all the big things that you would expect. Yeah. And, and then within these, so the National Performance Framework then within these says, these are the, the domains that Scotland is interested in yeah. being successful sure. in. Yeah. And then, then it sort of defines what success looks like in relation to them. So I guess if we look at um, something, if we start with um, uh, international, we could say that, that it's defined here as we're open connected and make a positive contribution internationally. Yeah. So there's a statement like that in yeah. relation to each one of the outcomes that you're aiming for. Yeah. Or that we're aiming for, I should say. Okay. Yeah. So at that, that very high societal level. Yeah. Yeah. But that's really powerful, right? I mean, I'm just I thinking think about so. other countries I've lived in over the last couple of decades. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something really powerful about saying... These are statements that we believe in as a country, and you know you don't need to know all the detail, but that's yeah. the direction of travel. Yeah, these are the good like things that. that we want to achieve. It feels like um, feels like a sort of guiding guiding set of principles for what good looks like for a country and what yep. what you want the country uh, to be in the future. But it also is. manages expectations brilliantly for people. Mm. You know, this is the direction your country is going in, so yeah. you can be ready for that and be comfortable with that. Yeah. So what you mentioned earlier, the purpose and the values mm -hmm. as well. Would you be able to share that? So the, the purpose is, I suppose, is just the overall statement of intent mm -hmm. about where we're, we're heading. So a big, a big deal actually for us with this version of the National Performance Framework is that well-being is explicitly mentioned in there right, now. Yeah. It wasn't before, before we just talked about sustainable and inclusive economic growth. We've actually yeah. put in there now that actually 
our purpose, and we're not just talking about Scottish government's purpose. We're mm-hmm. talking more about well, the purpose of the national performance framework is to ensure that all of Scotland mm-hmm. uh, is becomes more successful. Everybody in Scotland has an opportunity to flourish, but it's actually about increasing people's well-being, and right. it's not just about ensuring that the economy grows yeah. and is sustainable. So that that was quite a big change as well yeah. that we've put well-being explicitly in there. Yeah. And the values again, as say they they were new to this to this refreshed um, NPF, and again that was something that came through the consultation process. Our stakeholders were fairly clear that they felt, yeah, you know, it was it's great that you're saying the what you're doing and um, mm-hmm. the, the direction of travel, but we actually think you really should say something about how you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. So this is not about getting to these national outcomes at all costs. Mm-hmm. We we will get there, but these are the values which we want to employ on that journey. And again, these values are not just about Scottish government values. Uh-huh. So we're not saying the Scottish government will treat people with kindness, dignity and compassion. But this is about a Scotland where everybody treats each other with kindness, dignity and compassion, yeah. respects the rule of law and acts in an open and transparent way. So there's another there's another word in there actually that, that's been quite controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kindness word. Yeah. So the, the, L, the L word and the K word oh, are two soft, words that have caused... Things, right? The soft, yeah, fluffy thing has to be human, eh? Yeah. So that's uh, and a lot of discussions still going on uh, around what that actually means. Yeah, I guess defining kindness at a societal level yes. is, is, is tricky. Yes. But I think I think people can probably relate to it. It's quite a relatable word, which is powerful. And and those words, right? Kindness, dignity, compassion, respect for the rule of law, um, openness, and transparency. I mean, that's pretty powerful as a set of values. It's um, again, I'm not allowed to have a favourite part of mm-hmm. the national performance framework. Uh, but my favourite part of the National Performance yes. Framework are the values. I, I love the values, especially kindness. Yeah. It just, I think it's brilliant. Well, it's I absolutely think, brilliant. It's just, I think, you know, going back to the idea that you guys are doing something that's a bit different from really a lot of other countries. Well, no, well I mean, no other country has, has no. a statement like that. And I think, all, I think you know, yeah. just because you can't define it yet doesn't mean you shouldn't... I, there's lots of You've things in my start. life I can't define. Yeah. It doesn't mean yeah. I don't want them. Yeah. It just means I've got to figure that out. Yeah. And, and if you work till it's perfect, you might never get there, right? And that is the th- that's the thing. I, I've sat in so many meetings and, oh, we don't know what that means, so we can't put it in. Mm-hmm. We can't want that because mm-hmm. we can't tell you how to yeah. get there. Yeah. Well, we figure that out together. Yeah. And if you don't put your ideas out, how can other people help you with them and help you refine them and turn them into the right thing for everybody? And, and, you, and you spoke earlier about um, you know taking people along the journey mm-hmm. and aspects of... Uh, you know, listening to um, young young uh, young people around Scotland and that co-creation aspect or participatory design aspects of things, it, it seems essential to create something and put it out there if you're gonna gonna make some progress with it. I was at a, an event just last Friday uh, that's looking at how we can be kinder in procurement, right. which was absolutely fascinating. But yeah. it's, it was an interesting example of, of where a discussion that starts off with kindness can get you into some really, really interesting practical territory. Of course, yeah. So the conversation, actually during the event, the word kindness didn't really come up at all. But we got into the territory where we were kind of talking about, well, actually the problems that we need to fix in procurement are really not about processes. They're actually about relationships wow. and how people work how together. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of really, and it's not it's not an area that I know very much about. And I think procurement, ah, numbers, yes, yes. money, bleh, um, <laughs> scares me a bit. There was some hand flapping. There, there. Was, <laughs> there was. There was. <laughs> I do. I do like a hand flap. 
But they're doing some really interesting stuff. Uh, our procurement colleagues here in Scottish Government are doing some interesting stuff and procurement people across public services in Scotland are doing some really interesting stuff. And it's kind of sits within that, that thing about, well, it's about relationships and how we develop relationships. And it's not just about the processes that you yes. follow to do things. So it's great. That's really so cool. We should have that conversation about HR. How can we all be kinder in HR? Bring kindness into that HR. Would be, yes. That's yeah. my that, that's my yeah, yeah, we can do that. I feel inspired. I would love to hear how that goes because uh, we're starting to think about how we apply the values of the national performance framework within the Scottish government. Great. Because that's not something we've done yet. So how we have we have civil service values, mm-hmm. um, which the whole of the civil service have. So that's so you know the openness, um, integrity, honesty, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the actual the specific values that we have in the NPF, we haven't really thought about very much yeah and aligning those sounds like a interesting exercise I yeah mean, if you're expecting or looking to a country to align those into their behaviors it feels like role modeling and absorbing them yourselves is... yeah so kinder hr will probably need to come into that, yeah, that discussion yeah. interesting that's that's a fun topic a fly on I the love wall it. in that conversation L- love the kind of stuff it's great um so if we if we step back a little bit and think about these uh these national outcomes we've got 11 of them and, and you've said that for each one, you've got uh, some indicators of success that are sort of measures of how you're doing. Um, and you've also got um, a, a link from them to the Sustainable Development Goals. Yep. Um, if we run through, so for each one, roughly how many indicators of success are there? Do you know? Well, some of the, the outcomes, some of the indicators actually sit under more than one outcome. Okay. Uh, now, in total, there are 81 national indicators. Right. Um, Now, I say there are 81. There are 81 outlined, but we have 11 of those 81 have yet to be defined. Okay. Which is actually quite interesting because it shows that we have kind of taken, again, we've taken a different approach to how we've looked at what we measure. Mm -hmm. So what would have tended to happen before with government is that we would have looked to see what data we already had, what we were already measuring. Yes. And we would have used use that data yeah. well what we've tried to do here is we've tried to work out what is important to measure what mm-hmm. we need to measure and then we have gone out to see if the data already exists yeah. and in some cases it doesn't so my, my get oh god no and I've got a favourite national indicator favorite? now as well <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for this so we've got one there uh, that's about public services treating okay. people with dignity and respect. Right, okay. So that's something we've said we want to measure mm-hmm. because that's an indicator of how well we're doing actually in several of the national outcomes. Yeah. So it doesn't just sit under under one of the outcomes. It's, it's quite important for a few of them. And at the moment, we don't know how to measure that. Of course, yeah. So there are a lot of very clever people, uh, analysts, statisticians, social researchers, um, scratching their heads a little bit about how we do that. Yeah. Um, we have made a commitment that we will have all of the indicators defined by, I think, the middle of this year. So yeah. that that's getting more urgent. But that's been a really interesting discussion. I bet. There's interesting discussions around all of us. Just for um, listeners, just a, a couple of, uh, of things to be aware of, the types of things that are on here. So, for example, if we look at economy, we've got a national indicator that says um, productivity. We've got one that says uh, natural capital, one that says carbon footprint. If we look at um, a, a national outcome of poverty... Uh, we've got an indicator that says relative poverty after housing costs. And there's another one that talks about food insecurity or unmanageable debt. Those are, you know, those are some of the indicators of how Scotland is doing in relation to um, in poverty. And if we look at the environment, just a couple more. 
got uh, visits to the outdoors is, is a good one that's on there. And, and likewise, energy from renewable sources. So, so these are, are clearly you know, well-structured indicators of how Scotland's doing in relation to, to these outcomes, which is, um, which is excellent. And when you look then at, at getting this all together and measuring the success of Scotland, how do you think Scotland's doing now? <laughs> oh, that's. Have a, you got a favorite answer to that? Uh, uh, very well, then. That's that's yeah. my that's my favorite answer. Um, I think it's it's probably worth saying that uh, the national indicators, the eighty one that we have, um, mm-hmm. will give us a snapshot. Yeah. And they're only part of the picture. Mm-hmm. So those are the the, the the kinds of data that we report on our website. So we sure. we have a website and it's updated on a pretty much a daily basis. Right, okay. So the the information is is always up to date. And that is the, the, the data that, that we have for the 81 indicators. But what we're not saying is that this is the only data that's important. Yeah. So what we want to do kind of going forward is we want to, to think more about the qualitative data that we can right. use to support this. So, you know, that will probably be common in the case of, you know, in sort of stories. Yeah, um, yeah. Case studies. of qualitative well, we should, we should probably we should have a chat about that because it's something again that we're struggling a little bit because we're quite fond of numbers. Yeah. In yeah, civil service, and this is full of numbers. So I, I'm to by nature I prefer numbers, but I'm learning right, loads of okay. research at the moment because I think one of the really interesting things is that you you um, without understanding the detail and the nuance and the context of someone, that number me- doesn't mean yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. someone says I feel eight out of ten. You know. What, yeah. What's their or, baseline? All you know, things. today we've got X thousand pounds in the bank but unless and accountants have it right yeah. they have a they have a context Absolutely. they will yeah, build yeah. a an accountancy spreadsheet and they'll yeah. have to give you all the background i'm an accountant by the way just that's oh, okay. that's the i won't hold that against you so, <laughs> so there's a context but when we sometimes do surveys or when we collect data around things like i don't know visits to the countryside yeah. or visits to the outdoors what are we getting from that in terms of how meaningful those visits yeah. were and the impact that they might have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah i'm a massive massive learning slow learning qualitative geek yeah. Good. So it'd be exciting to see this come to life with other yeah other material as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the aim. Um, so that that's I suppose that I just wanted to kind of to flag that up yeah. because I don't want people thinking that it is just about those those eighty one indicators. But as to how we're doing, so in May um, last year we published something called Scotland's Wellbeing. Yeah. Uh, which is basically just that kind of snapshot, uh, and it used data from the eighty one indicators but it did also draw on data from other sources mm-hmm. as well. And I think the, the picture uh, is mixed, mm-hmm. which I'd, I'd guess won't surprise people, yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, there are some areas where we're doing quite well and some areas that we're not doing so well. So, for example, we're, we're doing quite well around um, educational attainment uh, and ensuring that there's not such a huge gap uh, in educational attainment between people who live in um, low-income areas and people who live in uh, less deprived areas. So that gap is kind of reducing. There's also sort of around emissions and stuff where we do quite well. But I think kind of as far as inequalities are concerned, we still have quite a long way to go and and some of that kind of area. So it's it's, it's a very, it's a mixed picture. Yeah. but it's 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 helpful um, looking at it like that because hopefully something like that report and also the the data more generally gives people who are involved in developing policy and services something to work from. Yeah. So that we can say right because the the report made no attempt to suggest what we needed to do 
on any of these things. It's more just, you know, we're presenting the data and then it's yeah. the people who develop the policies who can work with yeah. that data and hopefully solve some of the, the big intractable issues yeah. that we have in Scotland. But yeah, so I, 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 that's very, sorry, it's probably a very civil service thing to say, but it's a mixed, it's a mixed uh, it, bag. Yeah, yeah, it's as expected, I think. Yeah, and I think, I think one of the things that I, we find quite a lot with performance management in organisations as well is that people get hung up on indicators mm-hmm. as being results or yeah. outcomes. Yeah. They're yeah, not. Yeah, They're yeah, meant yeah. to set, tell us, okay, you tried this. Yeah, it's a steering Did it thing, get us yeah. closer yeah. or exactly. not? Yeah, yeah. And so there's something really powerful yeah. about using it much more yeah. as a as a sort of, you know, indicate literally an indicator of which way to go in the future. Yeah, yeah. how do you prioritise and yeah. what, what, what's important? Um, so let's jump on and, and think a little bit about people in civil society and, and mainly, I guess, for our audiences, uh, people in organisations as well. How can people get a bit more um, involved in this? What, what sort of uh, feedback do you have from people about the NPF from the world of business? How, how are people engaged? How are they taking part? What role do you think they should have in, in this type of thing? Well, I'll put my hand up and say that we haven't really done a lot of engagement with, mm-hmm. with business to date. Mm-hmm. Um, we would like to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will. Um, that's a, a big thing, actually, on our engagement plan this year, yeah. is to think about how we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure there'll, there'll be a lot of organisations out there that are, you know, doing their bit without knowing that they're doing their Absolutely. bit. To be honest, because you know, none of none of this stuff is necessarily rocket science. I mean, it's it is, it's about responsibilities and, and good business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suspect that there's a greater awareness of the sustainable development goals, sure. I think, possibly within the business community than um, than of the, the national performance framework. Um, but as far as being able to get involved, I mean, I will I will point to our, our website. Yeah. We have a website and that's yeah. our first kind of port of call. And there are ways there that you can kind of contact us. Um, we don't really know at the moment what our engagement is going to kind of look like so Uh in a very civil service way we might have a forum or Uh a group and we'll bring people in from various sectors into that group but we haven't really made any big decisions on that yet so really really open to uh, to any kind of conversations actually at this point Um, but I would I think probably the the website is is the place to go to start Mm -hmm. Um, just people making themselves aware that the thing actually exists I Mm -hmm. think is is probably going to be a big step um, and, and could you share the website? Just so I will know. share the website, and it's it's quite it's quite an easy one. It's just nationalperformance.gov.scot. Right, that sounds easy. And lots of data on there, uh, also ways to get involved, and also some case studies of how people have started to use the national performance framework to to kind of shape their work. But what, and this is just kind of popped into my mind now and this was a discussion um, that came out of the procurement event that I was at the other week. So I think. My perception is that voluntary organisations in the third sector generally is maybe a bit further on with some of this thinking. Sure. And it just occurred to me that maybe there's an opportunity there for organisations, if they're interested in really digging into some of this stuff. I don't know if there's an opportunity to kind of pair up maybe with a voluntary organisation and maybe do a bit of kind of, you know, sharing of knowledge and experience and stuff. But again, that's just something that's kind of literally like popped into yeah, my yeah. head right now. But that's something that we might explore and see if there are ways to kind of build a bit of a framework around that. Yeah. Because as, as the third sector keep telling us, 
Um, I mean, they, they generally love the, the national performance framework, which mm -hmm. is great because it talks their language. Yeah. Because obviously the language of mm. voluntary organisations is, is kind of more about this relationship stuff. So I think there's probably a lot of experience there that, that other organisations can draw on. Yeah. It's experience that we're trying to draw on at the moment. So we're, we're doing quite a lot of work with voluntary organisations around how they have been using the national performance framework. Yeah. So, I th and I think, I'm sure most businesses recognise that this is the, the general direction of travel that we're going in mm -hmm. and that in order I guess and it's not an area that I know very much about but in order for businesses to kind of survive they have yeah. to kind of really have awareness of this sort of stuff and be thinking about social responsibility and how they can connect into the bigger picture yeah. you know it's as we talk about the the NPF as being not only a good thing to do or the right thing to do is actually a necessary thing yeah, to do for sustainability of the future I, yeah. I'd agree and, and certainly within the, the sort of language of responsible business, you, you hear phrases like the triple bottom line mm -hmm. and, and you mm -hmm. know, getting that environmental and social impact as well as a profit um, purpose feels like uh, sort of accepted within certain realms of business. And I, I think it would be excellent to see a business almost uh, do a mini impact assessment based on the national performance. Framework. Yep. I mean, yep. Something like that would just be fascinating to see. And I'm, I'm not really yet a believer that organizations need to do good in all domains but certainly trying to minimize the, the harm that they do as organizations mm. across each one of these um, national outcome areas feels like a good ambition for organizations and i also think i think there is something incredibly powerful about organizations looking at how they are already doing and serving yep. the framework and You're selling right. it back to their, their employees. I would be really proud if my organisation was contributing to this in some Absolutely. way, and it would be. Absolutely. You know, whether it's about a sustainable economy, yeah. whether it's about just creating good jobs, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Healthy I think, employees. Yeah, you know, I'm, I sit on a board of a, a small sports organisation, and I can already see there are four things on here that we... Are contributing to, and I yeah. want to be able to go back to them and say, you know, you should be really proud. Mm. Yes, yeah, celebrating we did great work, success. But we're also part of the bigger picture. Yeah, we're making our society a better place. And I think, I think, powerful. you know, in the world where we're beginning to understand how important purposeful work is, yep. I think that's huge. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, I think we're just about out of time. Just before we finish up, could you um, could you repeat that website again, just so people know how I can. to follow? It's nationalperformance.gov.scot. Right. And I'm also more than happy if anybody wants to email me directly as well, more than happy to do that. I'm just leslie.thompson at gov.scot. Great. And if there are businesses out there that want to engage in this, it feels like that's a good... Ooh, a good yeah, call. yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like I say, it's it, businesses we want to talk to this year. It's, it's right. on our plan. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff going on out there that we don't know about. So if people know of stuff, get in touch and tell us. Right. And we'll, we'll invite you in uh, to the, the, the hallowed ground that is Andrew's house and not offer you tea and coffee. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's a safety requirement. Right? <laughs> yeah, we should probably tell listeners we're actually in yeah, we're Andrew's house. We're yes. not recording this remotely. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah, which is great. All right. Well, I think it's just time to say thank you very much. That was excellent. Yeah, massive thank you from me. Um, I've learned loads. Yeah, me too. Mm, thank you very much for having me. All right, so that was our conversation with Leslie, and you're back in the room with us. Uh, what did you think, Jane? Yeah, I, you know, as, as I think I said at the beginning, it's really easy to be cynical about all this stuff. Yeah. But what I really enjoyed uh, talking to Leslie about was the real meaningful challenges of an organisation trying to figure out how to move this piece of work forward and to do it well and meaningfully and within the values 
And I think that will resonate with a huge number of change managers yeah. and a huge number of people who work in HR and pretty much anyone who's ever tried to shift the direction of an organization. Yeah. It was impressive for me to hear her say that Scotland was one of the first countries to sign up to the uh, 2015 Sustainable Development Goals and also to say that Scotland's the only country in the world, I believe she said, that is trying to do this type of thing in terms of measuring success. So it's pretty inspirational, really. And I, I guess a lot of people probably don't know about um, that. So great to hear about the journey of getting here and the challenges they face. And let's see where we go. Maybe it's we should check back in in there in a couple of years. Yeah, now. let's do that. All right. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. Bye. Hi. Thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast. To learn more about what we do, please check out our website, www.worldofwork.io, where you can read some great articles, learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver, or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page. That's www.worldofwork.io. Thank you.